Hey, this is Jason Stein, and welcome to the Wellness Renegade podcast. We'll explore the crossroads of the wellness entrepreneurs like you and me, who are committed to making money while living healthier lives. People are going against big pharma, insurance conglomerates, and the mainstream medical world. We'll be journeying into the challenges and the breakthroughs it takes to own your own business, pave your own path through mainstream medical care, and truly become a wellness renegade. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can like, comment, and subscribe. And today's sponsor is wellnessrenegades.com. Our new offer, Google Business Profiles, is the most affordable and efficient SEO to gain new business. For more details, visit wellnessrenegades.com. Hey, I'm here today with Andy Rosenfarb. Welcome, Andy. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here, brother. So happy to be here. It's a long time I've coming. watched you over the years, and it's just like, you know, when I think about million-dollar acupuncturists, there are very few and far between. Mm-hmm. And what I love about being friends with you online is I watch you go on your boat. I watch you uh, hang out with your kids and teach them wrestling. I see you uh, get involved in uh, mankind projects and and really up leveling who you are as a man in the world and and so I'm really excited for the listeners that don't know you give us just a couple bars on who you are and where you live. Okay, so uh, name's Andy Rosenfarb. I am in Westfield, New Jersey. I've been practicing acupuncture, nathopatch, nathopatch, naturopathic and functional medicine for the last 25 years. Uh, with a specialization in ophthalmic acupuncture and integrative ophthalmology. Nice. Now, for the listeners, sometimes when I say million-dollar acupuncturist, people cringe a little, like, money. And I, I just, I'm a big fan of, like, uh, helping to make money in really positive ways, sustainable ways, but also creating more time in your life so you can spend it with either hobbies, your family, your relationships, your your passions, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so first, let's go to the beginning. For most acupuncturists that I've met in the world, they're going along in their life and uh, they take a left-hand turn. Like it's normally not like as a child, they're doing acupuncture on their dolls and they're like, <laughs> one day I yeah. too will be an acupuncturist. <laughs> so tell us the short story. How, how did you get here? Great question. So I was pre-med. Um, I always, for the most part, knew I wanted to get into healthcare. Started college as an accounting major because my dad was an accountant. And at the time, I thought I was going to work with him. Shifted real quick after I took economics, statistics, and accounting. I was like, not for me. So back into uh, arts and sciences, pre-med. And my senior year in college, when I was studying for my MCATs, my father went for acupuncture for high blood pressure. And after six months, He'd lost a ton of weight and got off blood pressure meds that he'd been on for 10 years. So he knew I was into martial arts and he's telling me about acupuncture. Yeah, acupuncture? I'm going to med school. Are you kidding me? So he's like, no, 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 you should, you should check this out. So I came home on break and met the acupuncturist, went for a treatment because my father had been going. And it's just fascinating. And he gave me a book, wasn't the web, but it was another book on acupuncture, smaller book. And it was based on like Taoism, Buddhism, and it's it's um, 
how, how that's the where Chinese medicine came from. And it was it was instant. Like it just got me just the philosophy resonated with me. And I went to acupuncture school. Uh, that's can you make money doing this? Is there actually schools for this? So I uh, found a school, uh, looked at a bunch of schools, ended up going to school in San Diego, PCOM. Great place to go to grad school and uh, did the full program, the herb program there. And as to, as you said, a lot of people in school were kind of like, oh, you know, you pick the wrong profession. If you want to make money, this is more of like a charitable type of profession. And, you know, being from the East Coast of New Jersey, everybody was like California. I'm like, uh, I may not make a lot of money doing this, but I'm sure it's all going to have a lot of fun trying. So that was my philosophy. I gamified it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to figure this game out, you know, and have fun doing it. So now, what, what year did you graduate? Uh, 97. 1997. All right. Yeah. Great. I graduated in 1998. So things were a lot different back then. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically and, and, across the acupuncture school. <laughs> and and so before we journey to like all the, the amazing things you're doing now, yeah. let's talk a little bit about the hardship. Can you share a story like whether you wanted to quit or like what was the what was the low on the journey to the to the rise? Um well my first zing, if you want to call it that was I had, when I decided to go to acupuncture school, my college advisors and some, some teachers and professors that I'd respected, uh, I told them that I was going to acupuncture school and I immediately got backlash. They're like, oh, you're gonna tank yourself with that? Yeah. You're gonna med school? Like, So immediately it was like, okay, this is gonna be kind of like a snake oil, kind of Ooh. like hopey, I'm not gonna get that respect or um, prestige. Of going to med school i was like you know what i'm okay with that um but the hardship was how do i when i first graduated i'll tell you a bit the big it just came to mind so about a year after i graduated a buddy of mine was an md really into holistic medicine followed like Mehmet oz and deepak chopra wonderful guy um he invited me to speak to his New Jersey physicians group. And I was 27, year at acupuncture school. Everything was chi, blood, and fluids. And I had to get up and lecture to these doctors who were drinking and having dinner. And I couldn't explain in biomedical terms what acupuncture was. What and these guys just had a had a had a blast with me. Uh. Like it was, it was a full-blown crucifixion. You were I the mean, butt of the, the joke. It was it was one of the most humiliating and humiliating experiences of my life. And after that, I vowed that I would never be in a situation again where I had to explain what I did and not be able to do so to anybody, whether it's a physician or a layperson or a nurse or a five-year-old. Like I went on a mission to be able to uh, learn how to explain in lay terms reasonable terms what we did because that was what was missing from my education at the time in acupuncture school yeah and what a great skill because you know there's so many people that have heard of acupuncture and never tried it yeah and, and it's converting the skeptics sometimes so that's great yeah i mean they're like so is chi like a spirit are you saying it's like 
like not like you know just like a, you know i went took my kids to florida we, we saw the figment the fit is so is she like a figment of your imagination yeah so a lot of abuse a lot of humility and then like embracing things like functional medicine and learning that language really helped me learn modern interpretations of what chinese medicine was talking about which really helped a lot that was the biggest uh pain and uh uh, uh recovery from that yeah. experience yeah if 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 you're listening if you've ever been on stage whether it's to perform or share what you do and you're just humiliated it's hard to shake that dust off <laughs> yeah it, yeah. it was it was tough, but it was it was so clear. Like right after that, I'm like, ah, that's what I got to do. I got to learn nice. how to to educate, and at least for myself, so I don't have that pain anymore of of feeling like an idiot. You know, yeah. it's like because it's not because you know as well as I do that the amazing science and and depth of understanding and knowledge that Chinese medicine has, and it was like I just have to learn how to explain it better. Yes. Yes, because explaining it is able to engage in the conversation and actually, you know, have a space at the table, which is a yeah. really hard thing to do sometimes. Yeah. 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 So as I realized, like I dropped my ego, hence humiliation, and that it was on me, like nobody else. It wasn't like, oh, well, they need to understand. It was like, it's on me to learn how to, what this stuff is in more biomedical lay terms and how could I educate people uh, in a way that they can understand? That was my job. So I took that responsibility on. Yeah. So as I've been tracking with you since then of yeah. you having this humiliation, it's like somewhere along the road, you got involved in eyes. And yeah. it's not a normal thing to think right. of acupuncture and eye healthcare. And And so how did that happen? Yeah. So... Um, true and accurate and at when i was in acupuncture school there were like two or three conditions that was like yeah, yeah yeah we don't do that and eyes are one of them for all three and a half years of school i had three sides of notes on every eye condition so mm -hmm. i started getting into eyes and went back to see what i had in my notes i think i had three sides like myopia glaucoma and everything was like liver chi stagnation liver indeficiency kidney indeficiency, stuff like that so I realized pretty fast that this was something that we didn't, and, and I'd go to the text and they all said the same thing and I wasn't getting good results with the protocols. So I pretty, I recognized pretty quick that this was a void that could be filled by a profession if I could figure out how to get results and if there were people that were already doing it. So I kind of went on a vision quest. I know that's corny, but <laughs> to find out, hey, I have a couple patients with the eye issues. Let me see if there's anybody who's getting results that I can replicate and learn from for these five or six patients that had glaucoma macular generation. And I think one had an eye stroke or something like that. So the more it beca I became obsessive, like full blown, I became obsessive about it. Um, I saw something and some results patients were getting, and I just was hungry for it. I was like, how come acupuncture can help headaches, digestive issues, fertility, um, allergies, but it can't help eyes. Like I reject that premise. And even though a, a lot of professors in school were like, yeah, yeah, we, we don't do like um, hearing loss, really. We don't do uh, 
patients who who are retarded. That was like a big conversation. And then eye issues. Like those are some of the things we're just kind of like. I don't think you're supposed to say that word anymore, but okay. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, chal- yeah. In that spectrum. Yeah. Like on, yeah, yeah. on spectrum. So, um, but th- th- at the time, those are the conversations that, that were being had in, in school. Um, as people were visually impaired, people who were, um, you know, having developmental cognitive issues and people were hearing impaired. You know, yeah. definitely yeah. was like, we can't do anything for it. So you went searching for it and you found someone that that's what they did? Yeah. So I found, I went to China and they had been doing some electroacupuncture with eye issues, mostly for glaucoma and eye stroke, um, ischemia issues, but nothing major. Maybe there was some myopia and stuff like that. But then I met some guys from Europe who had been doing a lot of work, specifically in Denmark and Germany, who'd been doing a lot of work with... um, eye issues, macular generation specifically. So I reached out to them. It took me two years to get out and study uh, with, with, with those guys. And, you know, from then I, I created my foundation and I had enough to start implementing in clinic. And then it was really trial and error from yeah. there um, with Chinese medicine, with functional medicine, with different acupuncture systems, points, protocols, uh, electro, laser, just trying different things that worked and what didn't work. Sounds like you got a little obsessed. Completely obsessed. <laughs> I knew it worked. It was this this inner. Um, I just had a belief. I was convinced that it worked. I just didn't. I needed to figure it out. It was a puzzle. So it's like there's a puzzle here. There's there's a version that somewhere in the universe somebody's figured this out. I just have to align with that and figure it out. What I love about this story is seeking out. And so I'll tell you a short story, which is I I practice very part time, but I had a patient that uh, was getting up every hour to urinate. And there was a client of mine um, that was getting nonstop referrals from uh, urologist Mm -hmm. and figured out a two point protocol with electrostim. And so I asked for the protocol Shout out to uh, JC in Billings, Montana. Mm. And uh, I um, immediately, the patient went from every hour to twice a night. And so REM, sleep, and like the list goes on. And that's what I love about this medicine. But more so, I love that you were seeking out people ahead of you to figure out how you could could help. So, you know, you fast forward years later, and mm-hmm. your eye drops on the market yet? Yeah. So we oh, have so eye drops. Yeah. 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 We have we have quite a few products, you know. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about the eye drops for a second because a lot mm-hmm. of people think about making a product. I, I love evil bone water. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some great product lines uh out on the market. And and you were uh just going to market and you sent me some of these eye drops. And I had a a long COVID patient that that had blurry vision every day. Yeah. And he started using the eye drops. And within a week, his vision went back to normal. Awesome. So yeah, it's so they're dry, they're eye for dry eye primarily and help with cataracts. And the long and short, it, they're lipid-based. Most of the eye drops out on the market are, are aqueous based or water-based. And the analogy I give people is look, if you have dry skin, do you take a shower? Do you put water on it? No, you put moisturizer. 
uh, before we had lotions, it was olive oil or different or coconut oil that we put on our skin. And it makes sense if we need moisturized, we want something to lock in moisture. So tears are, are made up of mucus, water, and oils or lipids. And it was my understanding that most people who had dry eye didn't have uh, too little water, they had too little oil. So we made these, these oil-based eye drops that just crushed it. You know, it was the first one out of its kind. Um, and it blends basically castor oil, sesame oil, and coconut oil. Um, we originally used castor oil, but it was too thick and it's really goopy in the eye. So uh, we created these eye drops and yeah, we go through probably about 500 to a thousand a year. Wow. A lot of people, it's you know, great. I always try things before I, I um, give them to other people. And so I tried them and they're very strange because I've had like similicin homeopathic eye drops. right? Yeah, yeah. And, and so I read the instructions and, and you wipe the oil on your eyelid mm-hmm. and it was this weird experience, but I have dry eyes because of allergies yep. and it really worked. It really yep. worked. Yeah. Well, this time of year too, funny you mentioned that we have a lot of people on it now because in New Jersey, you know, pollens are popping everywhere and it creates a protective barrier. So mm-hmm. you have patients who like or start to get these allergy eyes this time of year, we have them starting to use the, uh, the LipoVision drops and it creates an oil barrier so the pollen doesn't get into the eyes and cause the irritation. It's so, like uh, it's like sunglasses for your for your eyeballs. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. It's like <laughs> exactly. It's like a, it's a, it creates a protective barrier. So yeah. the pollen yeah. hits the oil and it doesn't go into your eye. So, yeah, uh, even people like we have patients who have a hard time going into the city like Manhattan or, or whatever cities because of the smog and pollution, uh, they, their eyes get irritated with that or swimmers who have problems with uh, chlorine irritating their eyes. So it's just also in addition to, to lubricating the eyes, it does pr- uh, create a protective barrier for chemicals, pollution, uh, pollen, stuff like that. Now, at one point you were doing some eye research. Is that still happening? We did that. So we did two studies, one's with Johns Hopkins, one with Nova Southeastern, uh, it was a specific study on genetic night blindness called retinitis pigmentosa. Mm-hmm. And what I did was create the protocols for those study. And we had two acupuncturists for the different studies that I trained and created the protocols for. So we did those. Those came and went. They were great. Um, learned a lot, you know, learned a lot about IRB research and how it yeah, works. Yeah. And, um, the bias human beings, it's a whole different world when you're in the, research in the world of academia. You know, like for our first, our second study, they submitted to 30 medical journals and because of the medical politics, they're like, yeah, we love the study, but our, our board won't approve this. Yeah. So interesting, you know what I mean? Interesting to see to just a very big learning experience for that. Yeah. And, and so as you're getting these learning experiences, you and I were hanging out before we started the pod yeah. and, um, you know, you really are a, a million dollar acupuncturist. And, and you told me that uh, the clinic growth, did you say 300K this last month? Yeah. So 300K. And I was like, oh, he must have like 17 acupuncturists. So tell the tell the listeners, how many acupuncturists do you have? You have one, for the listeners, because not everybody watches it. He's yeah. pointing at himself, folks. There is <laughs> one acupuncture. So my brain explodes a little bit thinking yeah, yeah, yeah. that. And so break it down a little bit for us so we can comprehend that. 
So we have businesses inside the business. So there's a couple of parts to it. One is supplements. The second is acupuncture services. And the third is our alternating current stimulation, uh, which is a product, a device that I created that we also sell for patients who are looking to uh, preserve and recover their vision. So those kind of funnels our income in. Mm-hmm. Um, I do all the acupuncture. Uh, two months ago, we had our busiest, our busiest week. I think I did 95. Uh, I was averaging like 90 to 95 patients a day. Um, we have like eight Whoa. treatments. Yeah. Um, so, so I know I'm going to have listeners that are just like, no way. And then I have others that are like, yeah, I, I like it. So when, yeah. when I consult with uh, acupuncturists and other wellness providers, yeah. I often see some people want like five per day and yeah. some are, are fine at 40 per day. I yeah. haven't, you're the first I've heard 90 per day. That feels yeah. like I wouldn't know what room I'm about to enter at that point, but you know, you got to know your own rhythms and I got no judgment because it's about yeah. results at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. So I have, you know, to that two patients are coming in, they're getting multiple treatments a day, sometimes yeah. like a couple treatments a day. Yeah. So I also have very good staff. Like I'm in and out of the rooms. Um, I needle very fast, very freehand and we use electrical with electrical, I'm in and out of the room. And again, these people have come and done a consult. They're here for a week or two or three sometimes. They're doing daily treatments. I don't have to talk to them every time I go into the room. I yeah. know what's going on. The needles are in. I got the rooms going. I'm in and out of the room and most of the time within two to three minutes. Yeah, so and it's protocol. It's, I create protocols for different patients. I know what I'm doing. I'm getting in. I also am very active. Um, I do have mild ADHD. And I've leveraged that for my practice. Like I can't sit, if I'm seeing 10 a day, like I'm going out of my mind. I like to be motion. Uh, it's kind of like a kitchen, like a, I got the, like the pasta cooking here. And I got, it's all this stuff going on. I do very well with that. Yeah. Um, which would, things that would normally overwhelm a majority of people, like I'm fine with. So like, wait, just, there's one of you, how many support staff are there? Three. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I have patients turning rooms over and they're, you know, sometimes four, three to four staff managing patients, putting them in rooms. So I literally am just in needling and then I do consultations and they do my vision testing for me and all stuff like that. So. So let's talk about this just for a second in terms of yeah. other people. You know, I, I often run into really good healers, wellness providers, people in the healthcare space. Yeah. Uh, but they're really struggling with making money. And so part of it is the money mindset. Like there really is an avenue. It's, you know, more than a trillion dollar industry in wellness and healthcare. And so what's your top tip on the money mindset? Specialize. Yeah. So niche down. Nobody walks, nobody wakes up in the morning and said, you know what? I think I'm going to try acupuncture. Yeah. My shoulder is killing me. I've been to physical therapy. I've been a chiropractor. I've been to an orthopedic. Nothing is working. Mm. Oh, acupuncture. Let me, I've heard of acupuncture. Who's the top guy who does shoulders? Shoulder specialization in acupuncture. That's migraines, whatever. Yeah. The way the, our system, our medical system is, why, is, is created now is based on specialization. So that's one of the other things I realized early on, in addition to to, I always knew I wanted to specialize. And I knew early on that specialization was the fast track to being successful or as busy as I wanted or could handle. Um, and that proved to be accurate. 
Um, so I don't care what you do uh, within the field of medicine, one or a few things for your messaging and marketing, that's a whole other conversation, but people are looking for a, a solution to their pain, regardless of what the treatment strategy is. So that's what people in our profession need to learn and other professions would do better to speak to. You learn how to, how to market message to people with a very specific type of pain. And by pain, I'm not saying physical, necessarily physical, but vision loss creates pain. Right. Infertility causes pain. Allergy causes pain. A uh, bad hip and I can't play with my kids or, you know, get to work or do running like I like to do horseback riding. I can't do that because I have sciatica. It creates emotional pain. So understanding what you're good at and what's in the hearts and minds of those you're trying to help is essential. I, I like what you're saying, and I'm going to be devil's advocate for a second right. because I've heard you talk about this before. And I think although you have your niche, your specialty, you see a lot of everything um, in your clinic. And so that's just right. important for the listeners to know, just because you specialize doesn't mean you can't be a general practitioner in the rest of your clinic. It means right. you're known for something. But not exclusive. So, yeah, I think so it's, because, you know, you know, I live in a town of 1200, right? Yeah. And so you can still be a GP these days, but you want to know how people refer to you. And Randy, people refer to you as the eye guy. Like you're wearing a shirt that says AccuVision on it. <laughs> it. You know, it's true. You know, I tell it, our, our motto is your vision is our mission. And I'm very, like we have a great time at clinic. But I'm as serious as you can be about my patients, my mission to help my patients recover and preserve their vision. That's that's what we do. So, I like it. I like it. So I'm, I'm going to get uh, political for just two minutes. And, and that is like you have been engaged and involved at, at a very high level in this medicine in the U.S. Yeah. And I want to ask you personally and face to face, what the hell is wrong with everybody not getting on the same page. Like every time I see a board or a association, it seems yeah. like the infighting is what causes the lack of forward momentum. And yeah. what's that all about? Well, uh, so I will speak to this. I have been pre past president of my state association. I've served on two of the boards of our national associations. Um, it, and again, I'm gonna use a word. I love your renegade show but our profession is full of renegades yeah. in the negative sense. Yeah. That means everybody, they're all like uh, rebels. Everybody's got an opinion and everybody wants to be righteous. Everybody, you know, acupuncture has so many different branches, right? We say it's like branches all coming from the same tree right. and the branches fight with each other. Mine's better. It's like religion. Right. So everybody's system, they think that my way is the best way. And a lot of it is just, from out of the gate, we never really had solid leadership or direction. And the schools started out great. And I, I have so much respect and appreciation for the schools. But in my opinion, a lot of the schools dropped the ball where they could have been doing research and really bringing people together and getting more involved politically um, in a good sense. You know, politically, I mean, helping to unify our profession. It kind of became about money, um, probably about 10 or 15 years ago. And they kind of backed off. And I think that uh, our profession has become fractionated and it's becoming more and more uh, clicky. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and and like I'm guessing yeah, and you not... have your tongue and you have your ton and you have your Kikos and you have, you know, your 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 uh, anatomical neuroacupuncturist. And it's just bad mouth. Everybody just talks crap about everybody. My guess else. is this is not acupuncture isolated. It's just it happens. No. Yeah. No. And... However, I will just say one thing. So the chiropractor association in New Jersey is the strongest in the country. Yeah. And I have a very good relationship with them. And about seven years ago, I had a conversation with them. And I said, what'd you guys do? <laughs> you, know, you guys are all doing well. It's PTs as well. I have a good relationship with the PT, PTs in our state. And they said, look, this is what they told me. We came to a point where we decided that we were going to set aside our philosophical differences for the betterment of the profession and those that which we want to serve. That was the turning point for both of them. We haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. We haven't yeah. gotten to the point where we're willing to set aside our philosophical differences or politics to ele elevate the profession. Mm. And because of that, dry needlings coming in, chiropractors, uh, trainers, athletic trainers are all um, absorbing our profession. So hence more of a need to specialize or connect with a referral source like physicians or mm. people are going to have to go in, in network with, with that, you know, to do that. So there are solutions. Um, I see the problem. I just don't have a solution. But I do know that uh, there's a lack of leadership in a lot of different areas um, from the schools, from state association. And there's just there's I'll say this, too. Uh, I'd say half of our profession um, is kind of really, really part time, you know, like super part time. And they just don't take it seriously. Like I'm a full timer. You know, this is. This is everything to me, uh, uh, vocationally, and I, I'm very passionate and, and I love our profession. Um, but not everybody feels like that, you know. And a lot of people who can't make it in clinic end up in uh, politics or or the schools teaching, which is is fine too. I taught for years as well, but it becomes more academia. It really, what it comes down to, politics and academics aren't usually aligned with the clinicians. Yeah. Clinicians are more business, getting results in in the in the field, and it, it they don't always align with academics and politics. I appreciate your passion, and, and we're coming close on time. And I'm curious, yeah. like, how do you bring hope to the next generation, not just of acupuncturists, but those that are following the non-pharmaceutical, uh, non-traditional route? Find your find your group. Hook up with people like you and I, man. We have very similar, we practice differently, but our mindset is the same. Find people who are passionate, fun, kind of easygoing, like got something to say, got some opinions and aren't afraid to say it, but we're here to elevate the profession. Um, find people who are like-minded, who are positive and productive and forward-thinking people. Um, you know, there's an old saying that we, we we kind of become the sum of the seven most people that we hang out with most. So hang out with better people who are moving forward. I once had a, a friend tell me about his dad and his dad's life lesson was, if you can have six people in your life show up at your house at midnight to help you, you're done. You, you've done everything you need to. <laughs> and so right. I... I love what you're saying about surround yourself, surround yourself with the people that you need 
to really get where you want to go. Yep. And so I'm Jason Stein with Wellness Renegades and, and just want to thank you, Andy. I, I thank you for being here today. I thank you for sharing your life journey and uh, I'll put your links below, but is there any final words that you have for people uh, that listened? Get clear on what you want. Most important thing is clarity. Most people have no clue what they want. Do the work, sit down, honor yourself and figure out what you're about and what you want and what value you want to give to the world. And don't stop till you do it. And if you need help, ask for it. Find people who are doing it and hang out with them. I love it. I love it. So for listeners, I just appreciate you guys listening. Again, if you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment, like, comment, subscribe, share it. And uh, for more information about other interviews and the services we offer, check out wellnessrenegades.com. Peace.